Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When we talk sports, we talk about people who are special, people with differences, you know, genetically. We can never be the same as people, men, women, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, our differences does not define us. Hello and welcome to Changes. It is Annie McManus here. Today's guest is fighting for change. Castor Semenya is a South African runner. She has won two Olympic gold medals and three world championships in the women's 800 metres. She is also one of the most recognisable intersex women in the world. In her book, The Race to Be Myself, Castor explains herself. On the outside, I am female. I have a vagina, but I do not have a uterus. I do not menstruate and my body produces an elevated amount of testosterone, which gives me more typically masculine characteristics than other women, such as a deeper voice and fewer curves. I cannot carry a child because I don't have a womb, but contrary to what many people think, I do not produce sperm. I can't biologically contribute to making new life. In 2009, when Castor was 18 years old, she had her first world championship win in Berlin. But her incredible performance was overshadowed by questions about whether she was really a woman. Since 2009, Castor has had a long battle with the sports governing body now known as World Athletics. She's been on and off hormones, and most recently after new eligibility regulations were introduced, requiring hormone-suppressing treatment for six months before competing, Castor took her case to the European Court of Human Rights. She won, but the case was about her human rights being violated, not her right to compete. Currently, she's not able to run unless she takes the drugs to suppress her hormones, and she's not willing to do that. She says in her book, It is hard to think of another athlete who has endured as much scrutiny and psychological abuse from sports governing bodies, other competitors and the media as I have. Welcome to Changes, Castor Semenya. Can we start this conversation by you telling me what your name means? It's Mokgadi Castor Castor Semenya. What does it mean in your language? Uh, my name, it means the one who guides. Um, I think um, we've been given names, you know, for a reason, uh, mainly because of our character and our personalities. I would yes. say <laughs> my name resonates, you know, with everything that I do, resonate with uh, my actions, you know, things I do for people. So, yeah, it means the one who guides. Yes. The one who guides. Yes. Um, you call yourself in your book a different kind of woman. How are you different? Different means, of course, um, I live my life <laughs> how I want, basically. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm born, you know, with differences, which is I have a condition, uh, medical terms, they call it, you know, a DSD. And obviously I'm born, you know, without a tube and no uterus. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is of course it makes me a different woman but it don't make me less a woman uh, i know my identity i know uh, who am i uh, that's why i always tell people look uh, i'm a woman but a different kind yes well let's start this conversation with your change that you talked about in in childhood or the lack of change because you, you you say in your book i am lucky to have had a family who never tried to change me um, so tell me about your your childhood and, and I suppose your memories of that time. Well, my childhood, I think it's uh, one of those you know that are beautiful, um, filled of joy and good memory. Mm. But basically, because of people who are you know around you, uh, they treat you with love, they treat you with respect, they accept you, they appreciate you, and they always celebrate you know you for who you are. Growing around my cousins, you know, mostly they're male, and they make sure that they have to protect me. They have to make sure that they prepare me for anything that comes in life. And my siblings as well, you know, they did the same. How many siblings do you have? Uh, we six at home. Six you know, I have five siblings. I'm the number four. I'm in the middle. What kind of a kid were you? I was a very naughty kid. Um, were you? Um, yeah, I've always messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, a naughty, naughty in class, like speaking out in class. In class. Or and I was at that home. one kid that don't listen. Right. I always, I'm always noisy, you know, in the yeah. class. If they say keep quiet, I keep on talking. <laughs> uh, but of course, I've always done my work. I've always done my school mm. work. You know, I've never failed any class in my 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 education you know, system. I was always bubbly, funny, you know, fun, outgoing, adventurous. Uh, I feared nothing, you know, I was fearless. So, uh, yeah, uh, I've lived a, a, a great life, you know, for me. I, I, not, I cannot lie. <laughs> yeah. And tell me, I, um, I loved reading the passages about your house growing up and your family and how you all worked to you know, to keep a house and to keep each other fed and and the hunting scenes. Yes. I mean, they were incredible. And Would you mind telling me, I suppose, what was expected of you as a kid in terms of the work that you had to put in to, to be in your family? I don't think it was uh, more for what I'm expected. It was right. more for what I can offer in the household. What yeah. is it that I can do to contribute in the house to make sure that, you know, yeah. uh, we run the errands in a, in a good way. So everyone has their own, you know, responsibilities. For me, my responsibilities were more where I feel comfortable, which is um, I liked, you know, gardening, I liked, you know, doing electrical work, uh, I liked painting, and hunting part is more fun because we had livestock. Uh, I always liked, you know, being around my male cousins. I played in the bush most of my childhood, and the hunting part was more fun where, because we need meat, of course. Uh, mm. That's where, you know, you get your meals. That childhood, you know, it, it prepares you to be, you know, a better person, you you become responsible and strong, no? Yes, of course. Athletic wise, that's where you know I think I, I got my 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 strength and right. power because I've been running from young age, from one place to another. So, how long would you be running for, on, like on a day out hunting? How far? The whole day, as long as you don't catch anything, you you know when I give up, you understand. So you you have to have you know skills to be able to catch. So it's it's not an easy way, not like, you know, in the Western, you know, culture, you use guns. We don't use that. Mm. We use our own hands. We use stones. We use any objects that we can, you know, uh, use to, to make sure that we can catch, you know, those uh, uh, wild animals. Yeah. So you had this 
idyllic childhood. You were so free and you were allowed to be who you want. You were playing football with the boys. You were, you know, you were going hunting, you were doing your thing. And it's interesting because there's an instinct, it seems, uh, where you, you know, you know, you're not changing like the other girls around you. But and you say to your mom, you go, you know, this isn't going to I don't feel like I'm going to get the breast or the period or whatever. But yes, you're very calm. And it's like, you you know, exactly. It's yeah, like I instinctively, know, know. you know. Of course, I understood. I understood myself to say, yeah. "Look, I'm the kind of a woman who who's not gonna go through all these things." Because I see all my sisters. We talk about it. Yeah, because you have four them, sisters. They ask me. You understand? We yeah. we more open about it, and they'll be like, they wish that they had my situation because I don't know how it feels, but I know what they go through. Mm. You know, period pains. You know, but my identity remained the same. I always knew that. Look. I'm a woman, uh, regardless of what. It does not matter if I don't get periods. It does not matter if I don't develop dead breast mm. and stuff like that. At the end of the day, I'm a girl that does not have those. It's like what you say. There's nothing confusing about having a vagina. Of course, there's nothing <laughs> confusing. Like... The same as a man. Yeah. You, you understand? Uh, the thing about genetics are those things that we cannot control. It's just about you embracing yourself, accepting the person you are. And then it becomes easy for you because even when people judge you, people question you, you'll always stand for yourself to say, hey, I know who am I. So regardless of what you're saying, that's your opinion. So it's not my opinion. That's not how I see myself. That's not how I view myself. So it comes with the, the self-belief, self-confidence, mm. knowing who you are. Let's talk about your adult change. And you talked about the transition from moving from a rural setting into a city setting. So where yes. did you come from and where did you go? Oh, I came from uh, the rural areas, you know, in Limpopo. I came from the, you know, the village. And in 2009, that's where I moved from uh, those small villages yeah. to the main city, you know, in Pretoria, where I would further my, you know, my studies and continue with my athletics career. Mm. And obviously that that's a new life, that's a new transition. But for me, the focus was never more on the city life. My focus was more on being the person, you know, I am making sure that I make a living out of it. It, it was all about success, all about, you know, pursuing my studies, making sure that I graduate, making sure that I perform in sports. So for me, I had goal. The only one goal was to make it out there and make sure that I'm a great athlete. It did not matter how long it will take me. It did not matter. So let's then fast forward a little bit to when you're 18 years old. It's August. It's 2009. You are doing the world championships mm. in Berlin, the 800 meters, which is your race of choice. Can you tell me um, what happened before that race and after that race? 2009, I ran... You know, I ran the African Junior Championships, you know, I ran 800 meters and 1,005, which is I ran 156, where, you know, that 156 started raising a lot of questions. Yeah, because one, can I just confirm, 156 is a really, really fast time for the 800 meters, right? It, it's, I mean, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you're, lo you're, look, you're looking chilled. It's, it's a That's a really fast time for someone, someone that young. In, the, in their prime, you understand? Yeah. And people start questioning that, but... Questioning it how? They say it's questionable for a young girl 
to run, you know, 800 meters from nowhere. And in my mind, I'm like, what do you mean from nowhere? Yeah. Nowhere. What, what is nowhere? After African Junior Championships, uh, I was preparing to, you know, I was picking my, my staff, you know, to prepare to come to Berlin. And ASA was told to perform, you know, the, the gender test, to, you know, to me. They sent uh, a psychologist to come, you know, do the counseling. But the psychologist was not brave enough to tell me, you know, about this situation that is a gender test. So you were just told you had to do some tests. I was just told, you know, things are going to, you know, people are going to talk because of now you're doing good. You are running good. You're running good times. And then later on, my coach tells me that I have to go do the doping test. You understand? Oh, a doping test. So you thought it was yes. a doping test. Yeah. Right. For me, personally, I thought it was a doping test. And the ASA is, is the... It's um, the South African Federation. You Thank know, you. Athletics Federation. Yeah. And when I get to the hospital, uh, the doctor start talking to me. And like, when he's unfolding, you know, the information, I'm like, but this is not doping test. Yeah. This is a gender test, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm 18, you know, I've been studying sports science, understand all these terms. I'm like, but that gender test, well, well, why am I doing gender test? I say, look, didn't your federation tell you that you're doing that? No, gender test. I said, no, I was not told I'm doing that. I said, no, fine, there's nothing to hide. I mean, I'm mm. a woman. Mm. I know the woman I am, regardless of knowing that I'm a, I'm a different woman, but I'm a woman. Yeah. When I get to Berlin... I ran the heats. After I ran the heats, I think then the results came in. Okay. When the result came in, no one told me about the results. They took me to the hospital. When I got there, they took the blood and they say they want to evaluate. Be bearing in mind, you're in Germany. You don't yes, speak the language. In you're 18 years old. Oh, I'm 18 you're years in old there age. on your own. Yeah. It's very intimidating, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went. I was like, okay, it's fine. Oh, you're doing the, same, the very same thing that they did in South Africa. And I was fine. They took the blood and then they say, we need to do, you know, your evaluation again. There comes a tricky part where they say, but they had an object. You know, they wanted to <laughs> penetrate me with a say. Yeah. I said, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You're not going to do that. They did what they did. They finished. Uh, when I get to the hotel... Uh, the president of, uh, you know, the Federation, South Africa, mm. sent uh, the vice president because I was close to the vice president. Uh, we coming from the same province in Limpopo. Yeah. He comes and tells me, you know, Casta, I have bad news for you. The results, you know, have came. The ones that you took in, in Pretoria, the ones that you took this side, it appears that you have a high testosterone, you know, level, which is, uh, they say it gives you advantage for you to compete. I say, no ways, nonsense. He's afraid that they need to withdraw me. I say, that's not your choice to make. It's my choice to make. Mm. So you guys only have one choice, to step out as the, mem the, the council members in the IAAF to support me with this fight. Mm. Or I'm just going to go to the track and see who's going to drag me off the track. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm running that final. Mm. I'm running that final. You understand? After the semifinal, I passed through the media zone. You know, I did the one interview with the other guy and he tells me that um, Castasimilla, um, there are results leaked that you may be a man. What do you say about it? I'm like, oh, I don't know who gave you the news, but I don't give a damn. I don't care what you say. And I walk away. 
So the results have been leaked. Yes, it's leaked. The media knew the results and now they were yes. confronting you and questioning your gender. Yes. You're 18 years old. Yes. And they say they accidentally leaked. No, they did purposefully. They wanted to make me feel like uh, not wanted, Not make me feel like I'm not mm. enough. Mm. They wanted me to feel like I don't belong in the sport. But of course, they made uh, their own calculations wrong because for me, I did not care about that. I only care about competition. And the day of the final, the South African people made sure that I don't see anything, no newspaper. Yeah. They make sure that I stay away from TV. Everything yeah. that they put on the channel, they make sure that it's not sports. The day of the final, when I walk into the warm-up track, I could see, you know, everyone now is looking at me, you know. But the only lady that spoke to me was the, the British athlete, you know, Marilyn Okoro. Uh, yeah. She's the one who, you know, came to me and said, hello, hi, how are you? You know, I hope you're good and I wish you the best of luck, you know, with the final. And then that was it. I went run the final. I win the race, you know. So for me, people need to understand one thing. I don't do sports because I need any validation. I do sports because I love sports. I do sports because it makes me feel good. When I do running, I'm free, I'm in my own zone, I'm happy. We're done with the championship, then we travel back home. And then the, it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Yes. Everyone's questioning you. Everyone's... Yes. Everyone is talking about it. But one thing people need to understand, one thing is that I know how to mind my business. Mm. When we get to the airport, I start seeing, you know, the airport is packed. Now I see the boards, you know, saying, you know, the golden girl... You know, she's a girl, you know, some of the board, you know, they prove that you're not the boy, you know, stuff like you're not women enough and stuff mm. like that. I'm like, oh, is this what's happening? Now, uh, obviously, you know, for me, being celebrated, you know, people questioned me. And for me, it did not matter because I don't really care about 2% of the yeah. people in the world who are just negative. You yeah. know, about life, about people who are different. I only care about that 98% that really understand you yeah. know, the purpose of sports, understand humanity, understand the purpose of human rights, making sure that people live for what is right. Can I ask how, because your family didn't know you were in Berlin, how did they take the of news course. that you'd had to go through these gender tests? No, of course, they were not happy. Yeah. You know, they were not happy. But at the end of the day, it's out of their control. What they can do is just live for what is right, speak for what is right. The only solution is for you to care about me, to make sure that yeah. I'm supported. I, I'm, I live a good life. I'm happy. That's that, that's what they had to do. Yeah. I know it affected them, you know, personally. But your mother always seems to say the yeah. right thing. You know, she said, you know, this is your home. You always, this is always your home. We love yes. you. Like there's a constant, of a course. constant kind of um, reassurance of love in all of this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, a rea I was reassured yeah. about, you know, love, support. All South Africans, they did support Yeah, your me, whole country you know. came around you. Yeah. Obviously, IAAF started, you know, uh, having this, you know, uh, talks and then come my legal team. They wanted to file a yeah. case. And I said with the legal team to say, look, I'm, I'm still young to fight battle like this. Uh, you need to find a solution for yeah. me, for me to get back to the track. And IWF had one option to say she needs to do a surgery. 
or she walks away. Yeah, they wanted me to have an operation. And for me, I so said, So what no. was the operation they wanted you to have? I did not care. I didn't want to know anything oh, about it. Oh, I see. It. I see. Okay. <laughs> because at the end of the day, yeah. yes, at the end of the day, it was never an option yeah. for me to do yeah. that. So they wanted you to change your physical body in order to be more womanly, thus be allowed to run on the track. Yes. Okay. And I said with the team and then they told me, look, Kaz, this, if you want to do this, it's not going to be nice. This is an option you can right. take, which is taking, you know, a gel. And what, what was the gel? It was like an estrogen. It was like a hormonal It was thing. estrogen gel. It was hormonal gel. To, to, in order and to de-elevate your testosterone. To, yeah. Yes, to de-elevate the testosterone. Yeah. And I did that, took the, you know, the gel, but I was not happy because it affected my skin. Yeah. My arms started becoming yeah. thin. It's like I have an acrosia. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Let's get another you know, option. Then they agreed to contraceptive pill. I took the contraceptive pill. So how did they change you physically and mentally? I think uh, physically it's more for, I gained a lot of mm. weight. Mentally, it messed me up because I always... I'm always under the stress. I always get irritated. You know, small things will irritate me. I always wanted to be on my own. I never wanted to be around people. Uh, it made me feel sick, always nauseous, uh, burning stomach. I started having panic attacks. Uh, but the doctor told me that this medication, because it's not meant for your body, you have to know that there are a lot of risk. It can be the risk of cancer. You can have blood, you know, clots in your body. It may lead you into heart attack. So you have to know that your health is not safe. So for you to take this, you know, they said I must take it for six months. It was fine. You know, the testosterone was, you know, down. And now they approve. They say, okay, you are clear to And this us. isn't public. It's important to say this was just between yeah. you and the, and the Federation. It isn't public. It's a silent agreement. No, it's yeah. not public. It was a deal between me and mm. them. It's a deal that we, we, we took and we agreed it's not going to be publicized. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, uh, it's one of those things that when you do things out of desperation, you'll never be yeah. happy because yeah. it, it was something that I did because I wanted to run. I, I did not do that because I wanted to do it. I wanted to change, you know, the person I am. I wanted to change my body. No, 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 no. I did it for, for, for running. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
how in your knowledge are women with DSDs treated by world athletics? Like what, what is the procedure now that they have to go through? And is there a lot of women that have to go through what you went through? Of course. Um, I think uh, we, we've been treated, you know, like animals. Yeah. There's no respect, of course, in that. And uh, Adam Lev does not respect us. They just talk as if they are pleased. But it has affected us in a way that, you know, most of, you know, girls now, they're depressed, you know, they're stressed. They're not happy in their lives. You, you do the operation, you know. So the operation is a gonadectomy. What what do you know about those yes. people that had to get that? There are people who, are, who had to do that and it's they're messed up. They, are, they can't even run at all. Wow. There's one girl from Uganda that did that. Uh, and they did that without her consent. They lied God. to her that this is a good procedure. So the gonadectomy is the removal of descended testicles. Am I right in saying that? Excuse me. I have no idea what they're removing. They remove. I'll something. be lying because I I, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. There, you understand? And Castor, it, there seems to be a pattern again. You infer it in the book that a lot of these women who are approached and kind of forced to change in order to keep their career going are a certain yes. type of women. They're from certain places, economically a certain... Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, of course. It's a one-sided you know, thing because all of these women that are, are targeted yeah. are Asian you know, women and African women. Nothing else. It's clearly a racial issue because yeah. you can't discriminate you know, against one. You can't go out there and target one certain group of women based on the color of the skin mm. or their religion or where they're coming from just because you don't want them succeed or you don't want them do good because your mind tell you that they are not women enough they don't deserve to run in women's sports you understand it does target them and as we speak now uh, i know my neighboring country you know those girls are taking the medication now yeah. i don't know what medication they're taking yeah. but for me, I feel sorry for them because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Is that it's not a process to take? Do you think you w- you would have been treated differently if you were like a white European woman? Yeah, I'm hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm hundred percent sure on that one. Definitely yes. Particularly, let's say if I was coming from you know Britain, mm. if I was uh, in his country, do you think he could have treated me like that? No, mm. he wouldn't. He being he, he being Sebastian Coe, the head of the I mean, world Sebastian, athletics. Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't treat me like that. Yeah, he wouldn't treat me like an animal. He wouldn't be calling me by names, insulting me. He will be doing anything that he can to make sure that I'm protected. Yeah, I feel safe. I'm happy as a woman. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You understand? So for me, uh, uh, it's a disappointing story. And what about um, other women? Like, there's a few British women who gave you a really hard time. Like, how do you feel like you've been treated by female athletes in your career? Uh, uh, for me, I, I, I'm not going to focus on two or three women who are who feel threatened by success, who are threatened by other women. That's their own problem. It's their own lives. Uh, it's their own opinion or how they see things. I really have no feelings for them. I don't. I really don't care. You know what they do, yeah. what they say about me. Because at the end of the day, you know their perception of me has got nothing to do with me. I have to deal with myself as I am. Mm. I make myself happy. I am happy. 
I'm a woman. I know I'm a woman. So I don't really need no validation from them or for them to accept me to be a woman. It's quite ironic, isn't it, that, you know, you have this huge doping problem where women are doping themselves to be stronger. But then you have other women who are told legally that they have to, like, dope themselves in, in a different way, in an acceptable way, in order to be less strong, in their opinion. If you don't want to dope yourself, if you don't want to go through an operation, what do they suggest is the answer? That's what they say. They call you a man because they will insult you. They call say, you a man? They call so they say men. you can run with yeah, men? They say, if you don't want to take medication, go ride in men's category, which is an insult. For me, disrespect. That's the things that they will do when they're desperate to rule, when they're desperate for power. I'm not a man. I'm not going to ride you know, in men's category. So, so their only option is you can go and run in men events. That's what they men say. Events. Because if, if you don't run in men's sports, they say you take medication, which is, of course, they know you're not going to run in men's sports if you're not men. Yeah. I find it interesting that of all the factors that can make a woman win a race, why do they zoom in on testosterone? Like that? I'm interested in that. Like There's so many different reasons why you will win a race, right? There are many different things. And one thing that makes a woman win a race is the time that you dedicate in training. It's the hard work that you put in. You understand? Yeah. It's you studying the event that you run. Yeah. Even the meters is a tactical race. It's you putting the hard work, nothing else. As we speak now, if they say I have an advantage, yes. let them allow me to go run now without training. As they speak, they say high testosterone yeah. play a role. Do you think I'll run 154? Yeah. No. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. All those girls, they will beat me, I'll be number last. Because I am not fit. I have not trained. So if high testosterone really played a role, but you have to understand that our high testosterone, it comes as a disorder. This is what's really interesting to me, is this, the fact that you are seen as someone who has a disorder. Yes. Of womanhood. Of course. Because you have a higher elevated sense of testosterone. And that's really interesting to me. And I suppose just the, the kind of parameters of womanhood and how suddenly you are not allowed to fit in that neat box of what a woman is in a lot of people's ways. Mm -hmm. And that makes you're a threat to their kind of idea of gender. And that's, but that's, that's interesting to me. The looks cannot be a threat. Yeah. Looks can never be a threat. There will never be any fairness in sports. Number one. People Why? are different. People are coming yeah. from different backgrounds. Mm. People are not given the same genetically. We are all different. There are people who are tall. There are people with fast twitch muscles. There are people with slow twitch muscles. Our body does not respond the same. And then it disappointed me that Sebastian is very interested only in women's sports. Yes. So that means only men's sports matters the most. Because men can have their differences. They can gain from, you know, their muscles, their tall stature, boldness, or anything. Yes, you use Michael Phelps as an example, right? Yes, uh, that's what I'm saying. Example about Michael Phelps, you look at Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is special. He's, he's given, you understand? He's a way different from all the sprinters in the world. You understand? If you look and analyze you know, yeah. everything about him. You'll get what you'll get. You'll start understanding that when we talk sports, we talk about 
people who are special, people mm. with differences, you know, genetically, you know, mm. we can never mm. be the same as people, men, women, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, our differences does not define us. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's like you you have a difference in hormones maybe yes. to some other women. Of course. But in the same way Michael Phelps would have a difference in extraordinary shoulder width compared saying. to other men. So why are the physicality of hormones and the physicality of a shoulder width like why are they deemed different? It's all your body. It's all your natural no, no makeup. That's why I always mm. question those things to say mm. IAAF needs to stay the facts straight. They must stop regulating women's sports because we as women, we are the one who needs to decide what is right and wrong in women's sports. Yes, it's all white men telling you what to do. Of course, that's what they're saying. And Mm. it it makes me angry when when we as women, we allow a man come tell us Mm. how we should look like, how we should treat one another. It's so bad. But then there is female naysayers too. You know, Paula Radcliffe, there is other athletes who don't feel like it's fair. It's not just men. Is it? It's kind of no. It's only few. It's only those few women. And if even if you look into who's talking, she's British. She's supporting, you know, his own, you know, uh, Sebastian Cow. You come to Africa. There is no African woman who can come tell me uh, you are not woman enough. They Mm. know I'm from Africa. They know we Africans. We build different from Europeans. Yeah. Americans, particularly a brown skin color people, they are mm. built different because their genetics is a mix of nations. Right. You know, you look at the Kenyans, they come from high altitude. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Our geographical, you know, <laughs> situations are the ones that gives us those advantages. You understand? Yeah. You only yeah, get yeah, advantage yeah. from your locations, you know, weather conditions, all those things. You come to Europe, European people are not built the same as Africans. Yeah. Asians are not built as Europeans. Americans are not built as Africans. So if we're going to question how people are born with their differences, no matter what, then that's where we get it wrong in sports because uh, you say the sport is for all, you say no to racism and discrimination, but you still come and tell us it's necessary to discriminate one. It's necessary to be a racist. That's what you're telling us. And for mm. me personally, coming from Africa, coming from a colonized nation, you start yeah. getting me a wrong you know, conception of seeing a different person in a different way. Because now when I start seeing you, I start evaluating how you look at me, how you treat me, you understand? Because mm-hmm. I'm coming from a country that is coming from apartheid, yeah. a country that was colonized by the British, you understand? Mm-hmm. So it's for me, me and Sebastian, our forefathers have got history. For him, he needs to know better when it comes to treating people. He needs to treat people with respect, with dignity. Have you ever had it out with him, Castor? Have you ever seen, like, met him in a room and no, I don't, told him I don't, what you think? I met him once just in the elevator, just uh, two exchange of words. But for me and that guy, will never see eye to eye. And I yeah. have no feelings towards him. I wonder, is he going to read your book? I don't care if he reads my, he, my book or <laughs> what. Sure? I really don't care. Because me and him, we just, um, 
not yeah. good for one another. Uh, I yeah. don't have a problem with him. Uh, I respect his job. I just don't respect his principles. with regards to um you know what we we're talking about you know yes. the parameters of womanhood mm-hmm. how do you feel about your situation being conflated with trans issues i'm sure that comes in a lot for you yeah um yes it's a it's more this these are two different you know uh, issues uh, two different yeah. issue, situations where a woman with dsd is born with differences you understand which is sure. it tells and then we talk about a transgender who you are born a different gender transitioning to another gender, which is, is a different, you know, a situation where when it comes to governance and, uh, you know, regulating, it's it's not up to me to say because I don't have a problem with anyone, you understand, of sort, right. because yeah. I don't judge, I don't discriminate. For me, I accept anyone. Would you be comfortable raising a woman who had transitioned from a man's body? I don't have a problem. At the end of the day is that what I know is that I work hard as they work hard. Yeah, one of the one of the bits about the book that surprised me is when you talked about the Olympics and you came silver initially yes. um, to a Russian woman who yeah. was then then found out to be doping. And in the book, you were like, you know what? It's still a win. Like she still beat yeah, me she on that day. Because... Yes, yes, it was. She was doped, but you were yeah. doped too the other way because it had to be. Yes. And so some people would would see that as kind of you know as as her as being like no obsolete. That is you know, completely unfair. But you were like, you know what? The, a win and it's of a course, win. Of it's, it's, it's unfair to cheat. But people need to be practical about the race. You yeah. can't undo the race. My point on that particular day, she won. Yeah. She made yeah. me feel pains. I felt her. She beat me like I don't know. But at the end of the day, yes, it's not fair for someone to cheat. But if you go back to the internet, the race is still there. She crossed the line first, you understand? You don't change that. She won the race. She beat me. Mm. Whether she's dope or what, Mm. it can't change that I lost the race against her. When you came off the drugs, you were allowed to come off the drugs. You just went for it. You were on a roll. I think it was something like 31, 800 metres. You won consecutively. You just won, you won, you won, you won, you won. But the one thing you weren't able to do that you speak of in the book is actually break the world record for the 800 yeah. metres. How did that make you feel, I suppose, when the rules came back in and you weren't able to run anymore and you knew that you could have done that? No, I knew. But you, you have to understand that breaking a, a world record is a process. It takes a lot of years, a lot of preparation to break world record. It does not take a day. You understand? For me... It was never about breaking the world record or anything. It was about me portraying resilience in sports, enjoying the running and making sure that people who support me, they're always happy to come see me run. If it was meant to be for me to break a world record, I could have broke it a long time ago. World record was not meant for me. Sebastian is, you know, want me to stop running. So I did not really care. I said, whenever he does that, he does it. But... I'll continue on doing what I do best because end of the day, I'm an athlete, I'm a woman, I'm fast. I'll keep running. Yeah, yeah. Makari, what is the change you'd still like to make or see? The only change that I'd like to make is that I'll focus more into women. So for me, what I'll want to see in the future is that women, we should stand for one another. We should fight for one another. 
We should love one another for who we are. We shouldn't judge. We shouldn't criticize. We shouldn't categorize one another. We, women to women, we need to build one another to empower one another. That's what I want to see. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, my legacy. I'm already living, you know, that, you know, legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want my legacy to to be more into sports development, being able to develop young girls, you know, out there, you know, in the rural areas, you know, fight, you know, for what is right, yeah. making sure that, you know, young girls are being heard, making sure that they, you know, they're courageous enough to fight for what is right. That's me to advocate for what is right for human rights uh, to make sure that i fight you know for what is right yeah as a mother of daughters two daughters am i right yes how do you feel about bringing women up in the world uh it's a it's a fear because as a young girl me being treated like that uh it bring me fear because i don't want them to face you know what i've faced i don't want yeah. them to face you know to enjoy you know whatever enjoy, but the best that I can do for them is to love them, support them, care for them, protect them in any cost, and make sure that they don't walk the path I walked. Uh, athletics yeah. is, one, is one of the sports that I will I'll not want them to do. I'll want them to be in a different sporting coat, you know, so I can feel free, I can feel safe, <laughs> you know, fulfilled, you understand? But uh, I fear, you know, they will face, you know, a world that is run by men, a world that, you know, that will always question a woman, a world that will always want a woman to look like how they want them to look like, mm-hmm. not a woman being a woman that they are. You understand? That's the only fear I have, you know, in this world. And I hope men will realize that, you know, one day to say, look, stop regulating women, stop making women feel like they're not enough let women focus on their women affairs. So simple. Um, I'm just going to read the very last few lines of, of the book. Mm-hmm. I am Mokadi Castro Semenya. Remember the meaning of my name. I am the one who gives up what they want so that others may have what they need. I am the one who seeks. I am the one who guides. Yes. Do you feel like, do you feel like you've been put on this earth yeah. for uh, this I, purpose? I feel like I've been put on this spot for a reason. God uh, created me for a reason, and I live up to that, always. So I know I give up a lot of things for other people. I make sure that I guide uh, where it's necessary for me to guide, and I'll always live up to that. I'm a living testimony of God. I'm His reflection, and I have no doubt about it. I know that, and I'll keep on doing what is right. I'll keep on doing what makes others happy. Yeah, Caster. I thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart for this conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you. Do please rate, review and subscribe to Changes. It is so appreciated. And if you fancy sharing it on social media too, that would be amazing. The more people we can get listening to these episodes, the better we want to tell our stories far and wide. Changes is produced by Louise Mason through DIN Productions. And I'll be back next week with more. See you then.